Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie, and as always, I'll be your host. Today is Friday, February 12th, so it is two days till Valentine's Day. This is episode 25, as well as episode 5 of our Valentine's Galentine Single Pringle Day series. It is a free-for-all Friday. First off, guys, can you believe we made it all the way to episode 25 already? Who would have thought it all the way back in mid-December that we would be at episode 25 already? Seriously, I am so grateful to all of you who are along for the ride and listening to this crazy little podcast that I do. It really does mean the world to me. So for today's free-for-all Friday show, we are wrapping up that Valentine's Galentine's Single Pringle Day series with a show all about Galentine's Day drinks, some wines, and a couple of cocktails. So let's jump on in. Firstly, let's talk about what exactly is Galentine's Day. It is not a term that I made up, nor is it a term that the hospitality industry made up. We just jumped all over it. It, the term itself comes from a 2010 episode of the TV show Parks and Recreation, starring Amy Poehler, um, and her character kind of creates it and is telling us all about it and why it's great and what we love about it. So it is celebrated on the 13th of February, so the day right before Valentine's Day, as a celebration of a lady's female friends and other bad women that they know that they aspire to be like, and those that they personally inspire. Whether you're a feminist or not, it's a great place, or it's a great day, excuse me, to celebrate all the awesome and wonderful women in your life. This year, it's also a great reason to have some great drinks and maybe dinner. On the day, a bunch of couples will be out for dinner on a Saturday. Now here in Nova Scotia, we can definitely go out for dinner. Um, Restaurants are about, I believe they're still at 50% capacity, might be 75 now though. So we can definitely go out and I apologize if you live somewhere where you can't. That kind of sucks. Alrighty, first up, let's pick a slightly bitter blood red cocktail that will be sure to boost the spirits of any gal, whether she's single or not. The Negroni. I love Negronis for a couple of reasons. One, they're super easy to make. Um, They're really easy. Once you learn this recipe, you're going to want to make them all the time. Two, they were my first cocktail that I memorized. So when you work in a bar, um, you should know at least a few dozen kind of classic cocktails off by heart, and you should be able to do them no matter what, um, just kind of off your head as you're going along. And three, they're stunningly beautiful. So the invention of the Negroni is rumored to date back to the 20th century, in early 20th century, in Florence, Italy. And while at Bar Cassoni, Count Camilio Negroni demanded, I love it, love when people do that. No, I really don't. Most bartenders don't. Please don't demand things of us. That the bartenders replace the soda water in his normal Americano with gin. Not Americano the coffee. Americano is a cocktail in and of its own right that combines Campari, sweet vermouth, and soda water. So afterwards, after they'd made a few of these cocktails, the bartenders decided to differentiate the two cocktails by replacing the lemon peel in the Americano with an orange peel. So this is a stirred cocktail, meaning you will need either a mixing glass or a mason jar. 
your mason jar will work, but you're going to want a wide mouth mason jar. So um, you can get a spoon in there. To our glass or mixing jar, we're going to add one ounce of dry gin, one ounce of Campari, and one ounce of sweet vermouth. So equal parts, one, 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 makes it really easy to remember. We're going to heap in a bunch of ice, and then we're going to stir it. Now, normally we want to use a long bar spoon. So they're the long skinny spoons with the twisted handle, and they have a teeny tiny, I guess you call it a spoon piece or a cup, um, on the end. But in a pinch, I have used a long-handled tablespoon because um, you don't want to get your hand in the ice. And once, I've even used a knife. Hey, hey, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do to have a Negroni. So we want to stir this cocktail until we add 25% of its original volume to the mix. So that's usually until our mixing glass is frosted and chilled to the touch. So when you touch it, it's going to feel cold and you're going to see the volume of the liquid increase as we go. Then we're going to strain it into a glass and express an orange peel over the glass and then wipe the edge with the peel as well. Twist that little peel into a curlicue and drop it in the glass. Now, you can serve it in a coupe, but more traditionally we serve it in a rocks glass with one big chunk of ice. Next up, a good rosé like a nice dry rosé with just a hint of sweetness and some nice acidity. Why rosé? Well, because a beautiful crisp rosé is not only festive, it pairs well with just about every appy or entree you can order or you can imagine making for your evening. It's a great wine. It's never going to disappoint. I don't understand why rosés are so often maligned, Thought of as inferior or only sickly sweet served, or only sickly sweet and just for young women or older women who know nothing about wine. Sure, in the early 70s, when Sutter Home Wines released Bob Trinchero's first white Zin, that's Zinfandel, so white Zin is white Zinfandel, that's exactly what rose was and who it was marketed to. Fun fact though, Bob Trinchero was actually trying to produce a dry rose from Zinfandel grapes. Remember, Zinfandel is a red grape, so we're going to try and get some white or pink juice from it. But had a stuck fermentation, which led to a lot of residual sweetness. Um, and he, well, most likely the higher-ups at Sutter Home, the marketing executives and everybody else, decided to just run with it. Ah, uh, marketing. Where would we be without you? And yes, yes, I know. There are rosés that run the full gamut of dry to sweet, the same as they run from nearly clear salmon in color to a dark, almost red hue. So, in case you can't tell, I love rosés, and I love them from just about everywhere in the world. But I especially love rosés from Provence in France. I had a killer bottle earlier this year from New Zealand that had little pigs on the label, had great marketing, that was not only delicious, but also sustainably harvested, which is super cool, and something that we're starting to see more and more of in the wine industry. I'm also a fan of rosés made from things other than Pinot Noir. And while Pinot Noir is typically considered the traditional standard for making Pinot, or for making rosés, and giving us the lighter colored um, rosés, we also can use things like Cabernets, so whether it's Sauvignon or Franc, uh, just about Ital every Italian red grape varietal, Dornfelder, um, 
you name it, you can definitely make it into a rosé. And they are fantastic. And they have some different characteristics, which is nice. So you're not just getting strawberry and some raspberry jam and some peach. You get some different flavors to it. So along the lines of two of my favorites, obviously rosés and bubbles, we have sparkling rosés. So you can get sparkling sh- or champagne, rosé champagnes, um, or rosés sparklings from just about every major wine growing region. Um, again, remembering if they grow grapes, they probably make sparkling. They make sparkling, they probably make rosés. Not every producer does it, but lots of them do. Most of these are used are made using the Sangye method. Um, so they bleed off a little bit of juice while we're waiting for the color extraction in red wines. We'll talk a little bit more about how rosés are made in a couple of weeks when we talk strictly about rosés. And again, these rosés and these sparklings can be the full range of colors and they can be the full range of dry to off-dry to semi-sweet. If you're looking for something that leans a little bit more heavily to that semi-sweet, Lambruscos are definitely the way to go and a little bit sweeter. And personally, I think pink sparklings or rosé sparklings are the perfect wine for Valentine's Day because they're just so awesome. They're festive, they feel a little bit, you know, upscale, and they're pink, which is always fun. Alrighty, so if you and the girls are ordering Chinese takeout for your Valentine's Day celebrations, firstly, I am jealous that you can get takeout. Uh, especially if you can get it delivered. And might I suggest that you try a bottle of Gewürztraminer? All right, Gewürztraminer, spelled G-E-W-U, umlauts, that's the two little dots on top of the U, R-Z-T-R-A-I-M-I-E-R, Gewürztraminer, M-I-N-E-R, sorry, I missed the letter, M-I-N-E-R. It's a tough one to spell. And it can be a little bit hard to f- confusing to try and find it. Uh, we definitely see the majority of it coming from places like Germany, Alsace in France. Um, Ontario grows a fair bit of it. We do see some coming from BC and um, the Finger Lakes region in New York. I've seen mostly on social media. I've never seen it in person. Alsace or Giver Streaming are also coming from um, New Zealand. So you can find it. It is out there. You just kind of have to look. If you don't want to try and say Gewürztraminer, you can just call it Gewürz. Everybody will know what you're talking about, and it's a little bit easier to say. So why do I love it with Chinese food? Well, the bright aromatic uh, characters of this wine, as well as a very subtle spicy note, and a very small amount of sweetness, even when fermented dry Gewürztraminer tends to have just a tiny bit of sweetness to the wine, it's just the grape itself. It's kind of its, its aromatic and flavor profiles make it so. They are the perfect match for your spicy and aromatic flavors of your Chinese food. So everything from dim sum to fried rice to Peking duck, you name it, this wine is great with it. And don't be afraid, like I said, to kind of step out, find something a little bit different. Let's finish off with one more cocktail. Why not, right? It's fun. We're having... A blast and we're having a celebration. So this one is also pink and has gin in it and not just because I love gin but because a lot of our older kind of classic cocktails have gin as their base because it was the most available spirit. 
We didn't have a lot of vodka. We certainly didn't have a lot of rum, um, definitely pre-World War II and even into the kind of late 50s. And definitely when we were making kind of lady drinks, which was a thing um, pre-kind of 1960s, there were lady drinks and man drinks, and they would be definitely gin-based and definitely sweeter. This one's very well balanced. So this cocktail is called the Pink Lady, and the Pink Lady, like I said, is another of our pre-prohibition muddy history cocktails that we don't know who invented it, we don't know how it was invented or where it was invented, and even who it was named for is a little bit muddy. So it was named for either interior architect slash social figure Elsie DeWolf, or a 1911 Broadway musical of the same name, or that Broadway musical star, Hazel Dawn. Either way, this poor little cocktail somehow ends up being maligned as one of the world's worst. Seriously, guys, it somehow ended up on the Esquire list of world's worst cocktails for about 20 years. I don't know why. It's actually a super cute drink, packs a wallop while being very easy to drink. And uh, so you can, it's easy to drink, but it carries a bit of a punch. It's very tasty. Now, before we get to the recipe, besides the gin, you will need some, let's call them interesting or potentially difficult to find ingredients, but they shouldn't be too far hard. First up, we're going to need that grenadine that we made for Monday. So if you can't remember the recipe, refer back to episode 23, right at the end of the show, I gave you a recipe for making homemade grenadine so that you don't have to use that horrible electric red sugar water that you can get at the grocery store or uh, cocktail store. Up next, you need Applejack. Nope, not Jack Daniels Apple Whiskey. Applejack is its own type of liquor. It is a brandy style, or it is brandy, made from apples. I believe they set the barrels out to freeze and it splits and they keep the alcohol and the pumice falls to the bottom. I could be wrong on that one. Now, if you can't find Applejack, I've literally never seen it in a single liquor store anywhere I've been um, across Canada, any, any of them, never seen it. You can swap Calvados in for the Applejack. Calvados is spelled C-A-L-V-A-D-O-S. It should be fairly easy to find. I can find it here in Nova Scotia. I might have to go a few towns over in order to find it, but it is available. You can kind of get a hold of a bottle. Lastly, we need egg whites. Now fresh is obviously best, so if you have your own chickens, you are winning for sure on this drink. Um, if not, store-bought butt nuggets are just fine. And the carton of plain egg whites even works in a pinch, especially if um, you don't want to use raw egg, like crack an egg. It makes it a little bit easier. Don't worry about contamination from using raw egg in a drink. The alcohol that you're adding to your cocktail is going to kill any bacteria that could be in there and could be causing you any kind of harm. So you don't have to worry. You're going to be just fine. So let's grab our shaker, and to it we're going to add one and a half ounces of dry gin, half an ounce of the Applejack or Calvados, half an ounce of lemon juice, the whites and only the whites of one egg, one kind of regular to large size egg. Now I would suggest that you crack your egg not into your shaker tin the first time you do this. Crack it into something else and then pour your egg white in once you've separated it. 
or one ounce of egg white if you're using the carton, and one quarter ounce of grenadine. We're gonna then dry shake the whole concoction. So you're gonna put the lid of your shaker on, or the top of your shaker, and you're gonna shake it without ice for about 15 seconds. Then you're gonna pop the top off. Add a handful of ice into the shaker tin and shake it again for your 30 to 45 seconds. Whatever you find is giving you the best dilution in your drinks. You're gonna double strain into your chilled coupe glass uh, and garnish it with either a lemon peel expressed over the top or a cherry, depending on the recipe that you're using. You could use both if you wanted to. And when I say double strain, so you're gonna take um, your Hawthorne strainer or your, or your jar lid, and then you're gonna pour through that and you're gonna pour into a fine mesh strainer. If you don't have a fine mesh bar strainer, a um, fine mesh strainer that you have for at home will work just the same. And I should tell you guys that normally when we build a cocktail, we build from the cheapest ingredient to the most expensive. So if you're feeling a little bit unsure that you're going to get that one egg white just as it is, put your egg white in first, followed by your grenadine and your lemon juice, your applejack, and then your gin. Why do we do this? So that if we make a mistake, we're dumping out the maybe 15 cents of juice and egg white versus the maybe five to ten dollars worth of alcohol that's in that shaker tin as well. So with that guys we will wrap up another episode and I would be so grateful if you guys wanted to send me a show topic idea. And you can do that in a couple of ways. You can head on over to the website drinkswithally.com spelled d-r-i-n-k-s-w-i-t-h-a-l-i.com and you can click on the contact form and fill that in or you can hop to episode 25's page and you can leave a comment right there. I will see it, I will respond and I will create it into a show topic. You can send me an email drinkswithally at gmail.com or you can find me on any and all of the social medias at drinkswithally. So uh, for social media we are doing Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Spotify, MeWe, TikTok, I think that's all of them. I think it's just the seven. Um, and like I said, it's all at Drinks with Allie. You can find me there. So with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you're going to have a great weekend. Fill your glass with something tasty. Cheers, everyone.